So uh, here's some shit. Imagine, if you will, you're Russian, and sure, it's the fucking '80s, and they're like, "Brah, go up to space," <laughs> but they say it in Russian, obviously. And you're like, "All right, I'll go do it." And so you go up to space. Mm-hmm. All right, now you're chilling in space. Now smash cut. Imagine you're James Cameron. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and you're Bill Paxton you're asking for me some to, reason. You're asking me to imagine a lot of things. Multiple storylines. Just keep it, keep it in your head. All right. We're doing like that Brian De Palma fucking 24 split screen thing. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So gotcha. yeah. So you're, you're a cosmonaut and on the left side and on the right side, you're both James Cameron, director uh, James Cameron and uh, Bill Paxton. You're both of those. Okay. Now sure. Bill Paxton, James Cameron, they are going, they're in a little submarine. And you mean now, I'm in a little submarine because I'm them. Exactly. You're in a little submarine. And now you like you're you, you like you're you're in the in the shallow water, so you still see some a bit of the sunlight. So you can obviously recognize that you're in water, right? But you mm. keep going down and down, and then it gets darker and darker and darker. And again, mm-hmm. split screen. So you're cosmonaut. It's all dark up in space already. All right. Sure. Now right. here's here here here's the thing. You're you're in the little submarine and you go and you find the fucking wreckage of the Titanic. Okay. okay. You're like, I'm holy you. shit, we yeah. found her. Because that is that how it happened that J- James Cameron and Bill Paxton together found the wreckage. Well, the I mean, like not first, but like yeah, they found it. They were like ready to go because down. like well, the way that you're framing the story is that they just stumbled upon it. Like they weren't looking for it. It was just like oh shit, there it <laughs> is. Just on one of their many oceanic adventures, a myriad sure. of aquatic nightmares. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Like all right. So wait, here's the thing. Here's the thing about this story, though. Okay. <laughs> okay. Not only are these two different people and perspectives, these are two different timelines, all right? One timeline is in 1990. The other timeline is in 2001. This is a story about- Wait, what? Yeah. Because you told me it's the 80s, you're Russian, and they tell you, bruh, go to space. All right, well, you're you're an 80s trained Russian cosmonaut, my bad. So like you're you're like you're in the '90s now, okay? Just trust me. Go with it. All right. Trust me. I'm I, really I'm trying to. History. I'm just trying to understand what the the thing is. Okay. Go go ahead. Sorry. One storyline, 1990, possibly 89. We'll check this later. <laughs> the other one, 2001. Okay. Sure. This is a story about going into a different fucking world and then returning where everything has changed. There's an astronaut who went up to fucking space. Uh-huh. And while he was in space, the Soviet Union collapsed and he was just like stuck in space, like without a way to get home. Like the Russians were just like, all right, well, uh, like we're collapsed. Just all, all of Russia just collapsed within just a, the day. <laughs> the wall like, went know, down. <laughs> My point is this there is was not no a joke. infrastructure to this bring them back. not a joke. Homie was like, look, like trying to walkie talkie back home or whatever. And just no one was answering. Okay? So this really did happen. This, this dude was up in space. This happened. Here's he's the other like, thing. I'm ready to come back. And like, nobody was answering. No one, no one responded. Yeah. And it was like, oh, it's, we'll get back into that in a second. Put a pin in that. Simultaneously, sure. 11 years later, uh, it's 8.43 a.m. On September 11th, 2001, James Cameron is in the fucking ocean with Bill Paxton, all right? Submarining his life away for hours. He doesn't have any communication up top. No one's piping into him. Maybe the news hasn't got to him. But by the time that Jimmy and Billy get back to the surface, Mm -hmm. 9-11 happened. 
Like, and I'm just, I'm, I, maybe I'm just overthinking this, but like, can you Probably. not imagine the, mm. the existential crisis of going, like I went to space and literally like the world changed and I'm deserted. Like, obviously he got the worst of this deal because he's stuck in space. Yeah. I would but, say like, of the two, I know who I'd rather be. <laughs> not James the Russian Cameron. astronaut. <laughs> Okay, I don't even know. Maybe it was just better for dramatic purposes to introduce both storylines, but clearly one has conflict and consequences. The, the other, other one, one is, is a, a, a fucking billionaire with too much time on his hands, gets in his personal submarine with famous actor Bill Paxton and discovers 9-11 happened. <laughs> well, I thought that was hilarious because in a previous podcast, episode 29 maybe, we Ooh. pitched that James Cameron, because precisely because of Titanic, yeah. Like he could pull off the only true grand sweeping romantic adaptation of, of 9-11 tragedy. Yeah. Definitely not Oliver Stone with Nicolas Cage. Come on. <laughs> who else tackled that? Who was the, uh, who was the other one? Greengrass. There, Greengrass, United 93. That's kind of a 9-11 movie. Why did we all collectively like, you know, there's four planes so if there's around a mount rushmore of the planes like they're all up there but we definitely like <laughs> i'm just i'm just imagining like we're like all right we're done with white supremacy get washington off of there get roosevelt off of there and we just put different like a boeing 757 or whatever yeah but clearly like one of those was like an adult like we treat united 93 like it's inconsequential or do we not maybe that one because of the because it's like you know, there's a story that Cheney was, uh, he like ordered them to shoot it down and then it went down into the field and the reported line, he's like, I think something really brave just happened up there. A real patriotic act. I don't know if that's true, but it scans yeah. because Cheney's a piece of shit. Yeah. I mean, anything scans with him, like any, any level of evil, uh, evilness is like, all right, that's probably possible. I don't know. But, but the point being here, uh, you're talking about two different uh, events here and asking me to imagine that I'm all three of these people for some reason. Yeah. And then I come back. Well, you can be one or the other. That's fine. How, how did this, how did this Russian uh, come, come back uh, to the earth? Yeah. Well, like I think the Japanese or someone he left him up in space. <laughs> like, yeah. It was, a, it was an ordeal. He, he like had to stay up in space like for 20 extra days before the world like collectively was like, all right, well, like, mm. who's going to throw that fucking, like, buoy, that little life raft? I mean, so less than a month he was up there? Yeah, but still, like, you don't know what's going on. Like, there's upheaval. The communism has fallen. Which, like, yeah. I, I would have to think about that, like, existentially as well. It's like, you know, the battle of ide ideology, we grew up after that battle supposedly was finished. I guess on a global stage it kind of was. Yeah. Uh, so we're like capitalism, duh. Obviously, we got to the moon first. That was the and one that won. Yeah, and, and I mean, we were really taught that, like, oh, we won the Cold War, and like, little did we know that uh, 2016 would happen. Um, well, how many times do you think like we've done that? I mean, because uh, people think we won Vietnam. Yeah. Well, th there's just like a certain level of American arrogance there, like where it's like, no, these are far from fucking solved. This is not a resolved conflict. Like this is still going on. Putin was just lying in wait. You know, like a tiger in the shadows, just ready to fucking pounce. And <laughs> Do you think Vietnam did. like eats out on the global stage uh, because they beat France and America? <laughs> like they're the un they're und undefeated, undisputed, and shit. Like, it's a, they like they're, they're out on the world Russia. stage. Yeah, they're they're welcoming China, Chinese invasion, and shit. Like, well, they, they like kick down the doors of the UN. They have like a fucking like a fucking beatbox ghetto blaster. <laughs> I would love it. I think that'd be a, I mean, God, I, they should take more pride in that. And I guess you can't 
because like it was a horrific yeah i mean it would be a weird thing to take pride in like oh we fended off uh like the i don't know if you want to call it a genocide but it wasn't great it was as close what's the, the hill becomes a mountain but of genocide you know like, sure wait like that's like, well, all right seriously real question murder murder yeah. spree massacre genocide What's the delineating uh, number there? That's my right. question. Like, at what, at what point do we stop calling it war and do we call it? Because gen- I think genocide, like the prereq for that, is uh, if I'm not mistaken, is like the calculated, uh, you know, like you want to wipe out a specific people, like a race or a culture or something. Whereas we were just dropping napalm on whoever was in the way. So we have possibility. And yeah. in a way, we were the most non-racist fucking genocide <laughs> committers ever. Because we didn't care. We didn't care if you were old, if you were young, if you were male, if you were female, if you were hmm. fucking didn't matter. Like we 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 did we had no fucking dividing um cubicles in our ability to kill people. And I think hey, in a way we don't get credit for that. That's why we're the greatest, baby. You know, the US of A. <laughs> We've yeah, killed black people. We've killed brown people. We've mm. killed yellow people. We've yeah. killed. <laughs> like, you keep, keep it going. going. Keep it going. <laughs> like, well, we don't really. We don't really kill white. Well, I guess we did. Right. All the world wars. All those Germans. But yeah, know. they were. They were white. That was a white war. Well, then there we go. What is this whole myth of white supremacy? Like? <laughs> <laughs> this myth of white supremacy. Well, you heard it here first. Christian said it. <laughs> I mean, I I want that to be the episode title, but I just feel like that's going to go as wrong as it can possibly go. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll seem like an endorsement for sure of that view. And I just want to be really clear. I do not endorse Christians' racist ideologies. You well, know, like, this brings me to a point that I, 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 was, I was a little fucked up and I was talking to my wife the other day and I was yeah. just like, hey, here's something. All of history is made up. <laughs> like, I'm not saying... <laughs> I'm not saying it didn't happen. Let me be hey, uh, here's like you just interrupt her mid sentence. Hey, here's something. All of history made up. All of history is made up. What I mean is like after a certain point, we just kind of hope. I'll I'll tie this into something we talked about a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about the Greeks and and, and all that shit. And now yeah. a part of me was like, well, obviously the Trojan War didn't happen, but like Agamemnon, Menelaus, those dudes, they were fucking around, right? Sure. And then it's like, no, they weren't. And I thought I was a dummy, but the truth is. All, all history is like that. Like I wasn't there and no one alive was there. We just kind of take everyone's word for it. And so right. I just think that like the grand scheme of history, you can only trust about 110 years of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's my, it. my understanding of how we piece together history is like some guy in khakis uh, finds <laughs> some pots somewhere in the ground and they match it up with whoever was writing down the things that happened back then. And they go, well, I guess these pieces fit together. Yeah, well, do you think, like, like, but my point is, if we're getting to the point where we're rapidly approaching that history is just something we made up, like, we're always like, I wonder what the historians will say about the last four years, you know? And it's yeah. just like, well, maybe the historians will just make shit up because after 100 years, like, I mean, no one's going to be able to fact check that shit. Well, we watched that Comey rule thing, and it's like, imagine trying to fit all of the details of this into a cohesive narrative. Like, it, it narratively doesn't make sense none of it tracks like this this year has it's really like making the the simulation theory you know which i haven't talked about in a while it's really making it seem like maybe legit like with the simulations breaking down you know that would be really horrifying because like let's 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 make that movie you and me right now like okay. <laughs> we're, we're living in our lives and we're bi-coastal and sure. we 
like what would be the first like things would have to freeze right there would have to be like glitches in the reality as we know it mm-hmm. so you know whether it's like uh, like the, you know everything freezes people stop or whatever because like at that point it's like are we the free guy are we the ryan reynolds free guy situation in this simulation or likely if, if glitches start happening we're going to be a part of those glitches so it doesn't matter it's sort of like jesus take the wheel of, of simulation theory yeah, I mean, it, it might be it might be like that that episode of Rick and Morty where they're in that uh, simulation or whatever, and we're just like the mailman, you know, the guy's just like my man, you know, we just start glitching out, or maybe you know, maybe we're the only real ones, dude, you know. Well, but see, that's the thing. It's like it's unlikely that we would both be the real ones. So you are either a bot, a clever lie, who's trying mm-hmm. to tell me that he's real, in which case he can't be trusted. I need to murder you as soon as I can. Or or I'm not real, and you're the real one, and it's like a discovery that I have later on, and then once right. I do, I like get deleted, you know. Or what is real, you know? It's like the Westworld thing. It's like, what does it even mean to be human? If you think about it, Don't bring Westworld into this. Come on, <laughs> like we've we've had like hasn't the fucking nation mourned enough? Yeah, I mean that you know up until uh, most of the year, that was the worst thing to happen to 2020 was Westworld. Isn't that funny uh, that the, we were more upset about Westworld than anything, and then the rest <laughs> of the year happened? Well, it was like now it makes me yearn for, uh, for Westworld. The- <laughs> yeah, like the simple days of just hating yeah. Westworld for being I, a terrible show. Yeah, I remember like just getting so mad about like Game of Thrones season eight, and it's like now I, I yearn for those days, Christian, where I, it was 2019, and I would get up and I would watch Game of Thrones, and I'd get real mad, and I'd go, This is the worst thing that's going to happen to me. It was comforting, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> bombs are being dropped everywhere in drone strikes, but fucking Game of Thrones. Oof. Well, I mean, we're coming up on this election, man. How, how are you oh. feeling? You know, yeah. I mean, no, it's interesting. To... We're current. Yeah. Like, I don't think yeah. we have any other episodes. So finally, and, and good, right on time, by the way, like we're going to finally be able to release things like within a day or two of recording them, which is nice. Yeah. Uh, so what, we're 15 days away? Yeah. Um, I'm horrified. I'm horrified the same way. <laughs> You know, I've made no bones about it. I'm looking into immigration policy and shit like that in case the worst happens. Having said that, it looks about as good as it can going into two weeks. Uh, I'm going to leave the Supreme Court out of it for now because I hurt your feelings by by bringing it up the other day. I mean, what do you think? How are you feeling? What's your anxiety level at? I don't know. I mean, I keep telling myself, I keep trying to remind myself not to feel any hope you know, because cause I, I made some bold proclamations about hope in, in that it's dead for me and it's never coming back. But I keep I keep getting these little glimmers of it every time I see these poll numbers. And What's fucking Nate Silver, hope? that silver-tongued uh, piece of shit, Nate Silver, keeps telling me that Biden is projected to blow Trump out of the water. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I, I, I think that if Biden doesn't win, it'll be because there's some tomfoolery going on. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't fucking Tom know. Tom Foolery, as, as everyone knows, he's an old <laughs> season DC pro. He goes in and he tips the fucking scales. All right. Tom Foolery, and the weird thing, he's just a hired gun. He doesn't believe in right. Republican, Democrat. He's the highest bidder guy. That's all that matters. It's so like, Obama won, like, because he had more money. That's all that happened. Just cut to like Oval Office. Uh, Trump is like throwing his uh, double cheeseburgers across the room, screaming like an infant. Kushner quietly steps out of the room, picks up the phone and goes, get me foolery. 
And so it like picks up and we're on a fucking white sand beach in Dominican Republic, Chiron. And it's like it's about 48 hours till election. And it's like, fuck, he's going he's gonna to get pulled back into this. He just wants right. to finish a dime, uh, dime store paperback. Instead, he's putting on a suit, heading back to the swamp. Yeah, it's like, look, Jared, I already got a high bid from Biden. I don't think you can outdo him. Like, he's way outspending you guys. He's way, he's doing way better. Uh, I don't, I, it was, this would take a lot of work, Jared. Does Jared just say whatever he's paying, I'll double it. <laughs> it's just like, well, you know sure. what he's paying, so this is great. Like, uh, I'll triple it. <laughs> and then he winks at his Russian comrade. <laughs> So, Give you know, basic, <laughs> basic first act stuff, you know, tomfoolery. That's at least a cold open, you know, like I'm excited. Tom Foolery just slams shut his flip phone that he has for some reason, even though it's 2020 and he sighs, <laughs> puts down his martini. He's like, all right, book me a fucking ticket back to the goddamn United States of fucking America. Well, a lot of fucks in there. He's a surly son of a bitch. He's tired of this. He's been doing this for a while. He's a man with no allegiance to the country. Long ago, did he renounce the citizenship to any one nation? He does not care for the United States. But he He cares for it. Yeah, I mean, he pulled off some shit in Bolivia. He was hanging out there for a while. He really loves it. Heard about Bolivia, right? Uh, Wait, the recent Bolivia thing? No, the old Bolivia. Oh, well, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> he was there. He killed Che. It was a fucking thing. Dumb foolery. It's got yeah, blood no, on I mean, then, then they, then they uh, just elect a socialist up in there or something. The United States is mad about it, and the CIA is know. mad about hopefully, it. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Because I want conflict again. Like, you know? Like, <laughs> you want because, conflict again? Yeah, because, well, like, just ideological conflict. I mean, we don't have a problem. Like, what we say is, like, hey, everyone should hang out, black people and Asian people and Spanish people and fucking everyone. Let's all hang out and celebrate each other's differences and shit like that. Why can't we do that same thing for, like, economic ide- ideology? I guess because people die. But, you know, that's not, it doesn't have to happen. That's not like a prerequisite of being a socialist. Bolivia could probably prove that. Uh, true. I'm going to be really honest with you. You cut out for a long time. Oh, no. And I have Did no I? idea what you just said. Well, it's okay. I can, uh, hold on. Yeah, I mean, you know, we can only hope. We can only hope that there'll be the socialist beacon that we can all, uh, you know, have Republicans collectively ignore when they're pointing to examples of why socialism doesn't work. Um <laughs> You know, like it, it, we just need one more of those and we're set, baby. Do you want socialism? How are you feeling about that? I'm trying to get educated on this shit. I uh, want common sense everything. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it's like, nice, nice yeah, no, answer. because it sounds like, okay, whatever, that's idealistic. But here's the truth. It's like when you start just thinking about everything long enough and how it's connected and how society runs and shit like that like yeah. i don't i don't blame the people who are just like in the midst of this uh actual dictator and waiting and training this fucking trump versus biden they're still like talking shit about democrats at a time where i think it's very vital everyone gets on the same page but you totally have to understand it it's like the world is set up in a way everything bleeds into it in order to like make things for profit like if we actually really reckon with the fact that we send people to prison not to be rehabilitated but to make money off of them uh, and that goes pretty much down the line healthcare we need to make money off of it 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 should disgust you and then you think about well how should the world work and you're like oh it could totally work like that it could there's nothing stopping it from doing that except people and structures that have benefited from it right but how do we change it man pitchforks Okay. 
Going back to pitchforks. Dude, pitchforks is the most egalitarian weapon that has ever existed. Okay? like Explain. Can, uh, peasants in the field have access right. to a fucking pitchfork. True. We do have a lot of those still. Poseidon had a pitchfork. <laughs> Devil? Well, it's a trident, but it's kind of like a pitchfork. It's like the, the, the aquatic version of a, of a pitchfork. And that's my point. So gods, peasants, everything in between. The devils. Pitchfork. Devils. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Literal devils. Holy shit. I forgot. Yeah. What's up with that? What do you like? He's a devil. Ask, I was going to ask you. I, you know, so, so, so is, it, is, is it like the, the demonization of like the working class, like the, the field worker, the peasant or whatever? Like, like oh, fucking bunch of devils out in there with their pitchforks doing farm work for me. Or like, like is it something else? Like, like, what is that? Why does he have a pitchfork of all yeah. Things I have no, I have no idea. I, I like, I have so many questions about the uh, about the devil as we know him, <laughs> which, which is, <laughs> that's the name of the episode. Uh, no, but like the devil as we know him is like uh, such an interesting thing to me because like I have a very specific. I have, a, I remember having a dream when I was three years old. Le- legitimately, I was staying in Kissimmee, Florida. I was at my Maija's house, and I had a dream about the devil. But the mm. devil, like, was a hybrid of uh you know like pitchfork and red pointy whatever and, right. and like hanging out in a business suit sure. uh and, and it scared the shit out of me but my concept is i was oh. three years old and i had this weird concept of what the devil was and he always had like a goatee and okay. and, and and like seemed to be like ethnic of some variety <laughs> <laughs> so i so i thought about like dracula or like fucking you know like any of that shit where it's just like ethnic I don't know, of some variety <laughs> Some xeno- xenophobic, racist kind of like, I don't know, you know, when you throw the pitchfork in there, then it becomes really, it seems like it's a class thing. Like, right. you know, the devil, the people who attempt tempt you are people that are lower, that are beneath you, maybe symbolically. The pitchfork mm-hmm. represents like manual labor or something. I don't know. Oh, okay. So, so, so dev- devil's working in the fields and then God is, is up on high on top of the hill uh, with big white beard, uh, bright, bright, shiny place uh overseeing the field workers huh is that what you're saying i th- i mean that's kind of what i'm saying i mean i i don't have a better theory i mean maybe the internet has a fucking theory on this i need to find this but i, I like why i just out of all the things he can have first of all he's a fucking demon right. okay he's got the I most mean, he's power the demon yeah yeah like capital you're right capital t on the fucking article right on the right. it's like he is the demon he's the headliner uh, he is the second most powerful being in the entirety of existence. Mm. And he can have any weapon or no weapon at all because, again, he's a fucking demon. Uh, and he chooses to have the pitch. Yeah, he chooses like a, a relatively close range, you know, melee attack stabby weapon. I mean, come on. He could have a sword. He could have a shotgun. could have a, a nuke, just a nuke launcher, just a shoulder-mounted nuke cannon. <laughs> just nuke everybody. I don't know. He can do anything. He's the fucking devil. And he chooses the pitchfork. And this is, you know, maybe it's a symbolic thing for him. Uh, this is what I wonder. Is, is he having a great time being the devil? Or is he just, you know, down there uh, flapping his wings and freezing himself? Is he a prisoner of hell too? Is it a, the whole Dante thing all over again? I don't know. Right, right. I like to think that, like, his prison uh, isn't literal. Hmm. Like, like, uh, like, his punishment is to just not be allowed to go to heaven anymore. It's like a bumping party that all of his friends are at. Uh, oh, shit. Okay. So you he's know, just an outcast, like low-key. 
Yeah, basically. Yeah, Literally. yeah. Like, and he has to live with that shame. Like, but that's the thing. Like, what's the devil's playground? It's right here, you know. So he's having a fucking gay old time. But he's it's all hollow. It's all hollow victories. Like, he yeah. can have a great time. He can go out to like fucking Studio Fifty Four and and hang out with Johnny Depp and whatever. <laughs> hey, you know what I'm just saying? Like, having a gay hey old fucking devil. time. <laughs> I'm John Depp. <laughs> Want to crack open another bottle of Cabernet? <laughs> And this is my point, like, Johnny. Right? It's your fifth <laughs> bottle of Cabernet. You've been drinking all goddamn day, or Gavalt. And the devil was like, literally trying to like, Johnny, we gotta. Well, have a yeah, that was the talk. devil. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I'm worried like, about you, John. You need help. <laughs> like he's just a good friend. He's like, look, John. I'm not one to say like, rein it in, but damn, rein it in. I think that's like, you know, what's had a bigger influence on devil relations, Lucifer, the TV show, or like Milton's uh, Paradise Lost? Uh, I mean, I'm gonna have to say uh, Lucifer, the TV right. show, like, obviously. Maybe like, like what, what's had the permeating? Maybe. Yeah, like that. That's a, it was once it landed on Netflix, it was game over for Milton. I mean, come on, the cultural impact cannot be overstated. This is the thing I was saying uh, to some friends earlier, and I know we've brought up this fucking show a lot, but The Office, you know, was not that big of a deal until it landed on Netflix, and then everybody was like, "Ah, oh, The Office." Ten years after it was over. Uh, are you are you over it yet? Like that's become like a personality trait at this point. Like oh, I like The Office. I'm over it. It's it's weird because like um, not that like oh we're super hipsters or whatever, but like I think we were very early on. I think I made you watch like episode three of season two or something. And I think first episode you made me watch was The Secret with uh, where Michael uh, learns that Jim likes pam and jim has to make him not tell the office and michael just can't help but do it but does that have the butch cassidy joke (laughs) because i think that was the one that we watched together where i was just like holy shit okay um so so my point is like that's very early on so in the first uh, two seasons for sure yeah um and so it's like i you know we fell in love with that and then we fell out of love with it and then it ended and, and like we had warm and fuzzy feelings about it it is really strange that it's been like seven years or something right it's been like a minute now since it's been over uh and it's like i'm glad that it's popular i don't know it's weird because the things that are so popular about the show are like sort of not something i'm surprised it hasn't been canceled quote unquote you know for like all the things it does uh that i think are totally in good fun and no one found offensive at the time but now kind of there you know right i mean well they never had like michael scott do blackface or anything did they or brownface well they had uh they had uh when they were doing belschnickel like in a later season mm. uh they have someone do black pete in blackface oh yeah true true and but they also did uh, and the bit is that they're they are ignorant hasty it's like that's the point right Dwight's like because someone looks at Oscar, looks up Belschnickel, and he's like, they have Black Pete, and then they all look at Dwight, and he's like, Jesus, like, we're not backward, hayseed, ignorant people, you know what I mean? And then, like, he very quickly texts Moe's, and Moe's is, like, a complete blackface. <laughs> Which I, like, it's a funny bit. I'm sorry. Like, I get it. I think it's terrible or whatever, uh, and sure. you can remove it, but I think, like, again, target and subject are two different things. You know? Yeah, I mean, well, this, this is a whole other separate conversation uh, in terms of that. Like, is it like they pulled episodes of It's Always Sunny and, you know, Community was the most egregious offender of that. It was like not even really blackface. I mean, you might disagree. Um, but in terms of The Office, I don't know. I think it was the Lieberstein-ification of the show in the later seasons where everybody just got along too much and they all liked each other. And I just missed those first two seasons where everybody didn't particularly care for each other. Michael was just kind of offensive and nobody liked him. 
But then in the later seasons, everybody liked Michael, and he was just there in spite of himself being likable. <laughs> Jeez, that took a turn. I wanted to, to really quickly segue when you were saying uh, unlikable. Mm. Uh, I remember that Kid Rock was a thing today. Yeah. Super likable guy. Full stop. Yeah. I forgot he was a thing. Like, and then He's when a political you, player. When you think about it long enough in abstract, <laughs> like, there, are, there are a couple people, there are a couple events in music history and pop culture history that when you think about it long enough, you're like, well, that should have proven the simulation well before Trump, you know? Right. Um, and it was like, you know, one of them is Who Let the Dogs Out was the number one song in America for six weeks. Uh, Everyone wants to collect yeah. it. Pretend like that song didn't exist. Six weeks. Max. Lou, 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 uh, Lou Bega, wasn't it? Mambo, uh, Mambo number five. Number five. Was, wasn't that just about like five ladies that he wanted to fuck or something? I feel like it was more. I feel like there was more than five. It was a mislead. Number one, he lied about how many Mambos <laughs> there were going to be. Uh, and it really bothers me to this day. Yet, again, number one song in America. Like no one right. batted an eye um, at it. I'm blue. I'm uh, blue. The uh, blue die. Uh, you know, just but we can admit. Things. Hold on, but we can admit that Kid Rock is the worst of these offenses, right? Like Kid, like the the existence of this fucking person. I was thinking. I I actually list, literally took a deep dive today. I was like, holy shit! I haven't thought about Kid Rock as a person, let alone yeah, but, as a musician. I mean, he he was like the zenith of that kind of like Guy Fieri Smash Mouth Nickelback sort oh, of. Oh, dude, like, I got I got. Sing, well, you know, let me go one further, Bubby, which is that like he is all of our fears about Beck realized Kid Rock is <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not even kidding because like I listened to a couple songs today and it's like his swerve from like, I'm a country guy, even though I'm from Detroit, number one. Sure. Uh, and then I'm going to do some funk, but I'm going to do some rap and then I'm going to do some folk and I'm going to do like, it was all the things that we would later go on and praise Beck because Beck is like, impossibly weaving through all of these cultural uh traffic sure. cones and doing, doing it with it a, so a, well, a wink you know? and a nod but also doing it well whereas kid rock is over here doing it the whole time and we're all like Dude, just do me a favor. Here. listen right. to the song cowboy because it starts off with a fucking robot that goes cowboy and then like a fucking uh like a harmonica squeal and then like a, a little like a, a loser-esque fucking guitar kicks in and then he starts rapping and i'm just like jesus this is what everyone was worried about with beck and it, mm. ma- it really makes you need to appreciate beck even more because jesus christ yeah he could have been a kid rock type and he wasn't and now kid rock is you know trying to be a big gop boy whereas beck is denouncing scientology and being even cooler so <laughs> Those missions complete. We were so sure as kids that like, well, he's just in deep cover. Like, yeah. He was too cool to be a Scientologist. He never talked about it. He was out there doing, you know, uh, information and making, making viral videos. What's the popular. best Scientologist? <laughs> Is there a good one? I mean, Tom Cruise, I guess. <laughs> well, like that's the, what are we going to find out about him when he dies? You know, oh, like, so much horrible shit. I mean, the Church of Scientology will probably protect that shit in a vault, you know, until he turns against them, and then they'll unleash it upon the world like a Tom Cruise plague. It is weird because, like, who's the guy who's in charge now? Miskovich. Miskovich. Sorry, I get him and La La Pierre, the NRA guy, confused for some reason. Na- naturally. Uh, but but no no. But what I'm saying is like in theory, like that dude like took the Church of Scientology to this next level, right? That Elron couldn't do. Right, made it way better. 
Well, no. <laughs> he approved it. <laughs> he didn't create it, but God damn it, did he perfect it. Uh, but my point is, like, he got, like, you know, tax exemption and all that shit. And you would think that he would be, like, Elron 2.0. But unless I'm wrong about this, it's like Elron is up here. Very close second would be Tom Cruise. Like, he has to be the most famous Scientologist. He's probably he's yeah. done more for the cause than any other person, right? Yeah, I mean, you know what? He he is like, you know, he is he's doing his best and he's pretty cool, I guess, you know, like as far as Scientologists go, aside from the whole fact that he has like actual slaves that aren't allowed to look him in the eye or else they get sent into a torture hole. Do we know this? Is a real fact. But anyways, yeah, he's like he's doing pretty good. He's hanging <laughs> off of airplanes for our benefit. He's launching himself into space. He's hanging off of trains. Like what next fast-moving dangerous thing is he going to hang off of? I want to make like the uh, being John Malkovich, but being Tom Cruise thing where we like really get inside of his head because what is he running from or what is he running towards? Like, that's the thing. Like, like it, and I think we've already made this joke, but it's like, you know, when he dies in space, which yeah. is gonna, it's a, it's, 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 it's a fucking eventuality. It's not like a possibility at this point. Like right. he's going to die by like, he's like, Oh, we're just going to do a stunt. We're going to, you know, fucking go around the sun really quick. He's going to plunge into the fucking sun. Uh, it's like, well, all the signs were there he, for 40 fucking years, very publicly. He was, what, what, what would you do? I, I'm, I don't mean to interrupt you here, but like, what would you do if like you find out Tom Cruise died by launching himself into the sun? And then one day you look up at the sun and you see Tom Cruise's face just staring down back at you. He's just got the fucking shades. <laughs> like Jesus Christ, this business is risky. <laughs> like go fight the sun. Uh, I don't know. I, that's, the best case scenario. <laughs> I, I love that you actually sincerely thought about that question. You're like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, because it's horrifying. I think it would make the red giant that we'll be dead for. Uh, it makes that a little bit more um, bearable, you know, mm. because if it's just a smiling, it improves said, upon the sun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it like, it makes it, it makes it like, it doesn't even do anything different. It just continues being the sun. But every time you look at it, there's Tom Cruise's fucking face. Is it, is it, is it uh, luminosity? Is it, a, is it a little bit lower? Like, are we able to, cause he's got sunglasses on. He's risky business, Tom Cruise. Right. Of course. Not so, so we can sometimes. peer upon him more is what I'm saying. Cause usually we look at the sun. It's like, ah, my retinas, they burn. But. Right. But he's got sunglasses on, which causes like inadvertent crop failure. There's less exposure. To UV <laughs> oh, rays, shit. Et cetera. So, <laughs> so that's the trade off. We, we enter uh, a dust, a, a dust bowl 2.0. Because it, it's, it's a beginning of interstellar with Matthew McConaughey, you know, like the, the, the dust storms are kicking up, you know? McConaughey's got to go into space. He's got to kill the sun. That would do more for Scientology. Love. If that actually happened, Scientology would be, would start to rival like Islam and Christianity as the predominant religion just because yeah. you're like, look, uh, I look up to the sky and I see Tommy. <laughs> I, see, like, I see Tom Cruise. <laughs> I see it as believing. Like, they say touch is believing, but I ain't touching him. He's a star, all right? But He's a star. <laughs> You know, it was just him like becoming the biggest star in the fucking universe. Like he always knew he was. That's his full realization. Like Elrod, he went home, right? He got taken up by like the comet or the spaceship. I don't know what fucking lie bullshit he did, but we're going to know definitively right. what happened to Tom Cruise when he becomes our sun god. He just starts expanding, you know, just absorbing planets and other stars, just going, hey, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking destroys the whole universe. 
It's befitting. It would be interesting because it would prove like the after. Like, here's the thing. I had this real fucking real. I swear to God, this is a real uh, thought about the afterlife, which is uh, uh, humans are ants. Continue. When you die, you become an ant. Oh, you literally become an ant, like the yeah. thing that lives in an ant mound, and you climb up and you carry like three times your own body weight. That's our yeah. That's our reincarnation, uh, and Explain. vice versa. When ants die, they become humans. So why specifically the ant and us? Like, why not any other animal? Well, I'll tell you, uh, because we uh, we share uh, we share hobbies with the ants. <laughs> okay. Now, okay, sure. The ants, yeah. like, look, good for them. No one goes hungry at a colony. You know, there's no poverty in the ants, so they got that, those I mean, points it's on just us. Not widely reported on, but there's right. The statistics you know. <laughs> have been fucking. We don't know right. that. <laughs> it's like any. Let's try to bust the case open right now, but fuck yeah. the red tape. It's like red numbers. It's like statistics coming out of North Korea. Like, is their reporting <laughs> accurate? Can we really be sure? Okay, well, let's for a second believe in the <laughs> sure. utopic uh, ant world that I want to believe is real, which is to say that beyond the fact that like you know no one's uh, no one's getting you know sexually assaulted or going hungry in the ant world, uh, they are totally like they wage war. They're the only other real species that wages war with intent. You know, there's a different, like, like when you see it in the animal kingdom, generally speaking, it's over, like, territory and shit like that. It's never for, like, selfish purposes. Ants are just assholes. They, like, start wars with people, other ants, all the time, which is incredible. Uh, yeah. And slavery. Only other species in the world that enslaves other, like, people of its kind, which is nuts. I think that's incredible. We're them. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, like... We we can draw these comparisons all day, right? Like dolphins are the only other species that like rape other things, you know. So it's like, well, who's to say we aren't just turning into dolphins? They aren't turning into us. And this this opens up universe questions. Like, what are are wombats like turning into uh, crocodiles and vice versa? Like, does every uh, animal have like a partner animal that they like no. switch off with, or no, it's no, no, just no, no, us no. and ants? Yeah, no, it really. Is. I, I look. I appreciate you trying to poke holes in it, but it's an impenetrable <laughs> fucking uh, afterlife. It is what it is. Think about this. First of all, number wise, there's ten trillion ants in the world. Uh, there's like what six point five billion fuckers running around, seven billion people running around. So the number is a little bit skewed. But then what you're thinking about is it's not just us; it's every human that will ever exist and has ever existed in every world. How many uh, humans have ever existed? Well, they say that there's a hundred billion stars in this in our universe in the sky, and each star has the potential to have a planet around it. Not not everyone does, but when you start running the exponential numbers on that shit, it's like there's a lot of people out there. So right. the, 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 we're the most complex thinking people. Ants are like baseline thinkers, right? Like sure. they, they exist with antennas and shit like that. So it's the reciprocal thing. We're the only ones who have it. I, it's not, it's not like giraffes become fucking uh, like, uh, like uh, chihuahuas or something, you know, like I understand what you're saying. Is there like a weird reciprocal kind of relationship with all living things? Uh, right. The answer is no. We're it ants. is just exclusive to ants and people. Yeah. You should ants. write a book. Well, I mean, I don't think the world's ready. <laughs> it's not like a Tom Cruise yeah, I mean, situation. Like you can't see centrally in ants, you know, like you can't see them as your mom or 
your brother or some shit. Sometimes you got to make them ready. You know, we talk about ants a lot on this podcast, like wall of ants and ants, you know, just coming over the Bering Straits and stuff and how that ant colony is in China and it's in California. Like a California ant is a Chinese ant as well. And, you, right. you know, we, we talk about that all the time, you know, so this is, this is, <laughs> that was such a uniting, like, like the ants are going to be the fucking head of that propaganda video, like China, America, come on guys, we're all just ants, like what are we doing here? They vote get Biden. on TV like, well, we're all just ants. Vote Biden. Yeah, vote Biden though. Oh man, I, I, that's no. I don't know. I'm just, I think that that's the afterlife. It's befitting because then we just like, you know, we we're in the, we're in the earth. We're not doing anything. We have super strength, but we don't have any intelligence. Right. Like it really is, we're we're just going it, off of pheromone signatures to know what to do next. Right. And then when you die as an ant, you come yeah. back as a human. Again, right. it's an ever, all it's that, an ever all that emotional and psychological baggage of yeah. your ant days. You know, you, you, some, sometimes you wake up in a cold sweat thinking about the <laughs> ant war. <laughs> You know, Which one? There were so many ant wars. That's the problem. Something I did think about, you know, even from a young age, is like when when you know you you spray an ant mound with with ant spray or something yeah. like that, or you you kill a bunch of ants. The ants that survive, and I think I brought this up before. Yeah, so I do fuck. wonder, like, if if that that to them on their level, that's the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan. You know that that's they're seeing like their brothers and sisters die by the hundreds. Right. You know, and their like neurologically fucked up body still manages to like crawl through that poison and get out. And it's like, I wonder, do the do the ants and their ant brains think of that day in the days that that follow? Yeah, they, they have remember? PTSD. They like they, they wake carry up. that with them. Yeah, I mean, probably that's the thing. I mean, do, like, do you we think that know. we carry that psychic weight of like ant anxiety? All the time, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Like, I think that's the thing. We, we still have like our neural link to the ant world, you know. Um, Wait, we we need to get like some spiritualists in here to like kind of like help us to like uh, separate our, you know ourselves from our ant. Yeah, pasts. but the problem is like even if we could speak to our ant self, it wouldn't make a difference. Like they don't speak. They're 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 driven by pure instinct and and fe- like you said, pheromones. Like that's that's the problem. It's mm. when we're humans. So, so it's just like such a baseline, you know, insect reptilian brain type thing. Yeah, it's like you you can't really get to the root of that. Well, I mean, I think unless that, like we had like the complex, you know, over a course of many years auditing sessions where we just got into the baseline, you know, we had somebody hold on to some metal rods. And was, <laughs> hey, you know, just tell me about your stress level. Tell me about your childhood. Tell me about when you were an ant and uh, <laughs> just slip it in there. <laughs> Six legs, <laughs> abdomen, thorax. <laughs> like what? What? nothing what it's like it all comes in flashes and shit like right and now uh hand over your bank routing uh, number <laughs> information okay all right two three zero one all right i gotta stop that was actually probably close to my actual <laughs> my hand routing yeah, number. heard it here first folks <laughs> two three zero uh well, you know, Uh-oh. I can't, I can't, I can't fucking wait uh, for the day that we can exploit um, this newfound uh, thing that you've discovered. And well, as I mean, as co-leader of this church, I mean, I'd even be the younger underling, the deputy director of anthology. Yeah, I mean, I, there's a secession plan for sure. Like you would, you would have to carry the. Fly. I've always kind of considered myself uh, like the Joseph Smith and mm. you're the Brigham Young of this outfit. Sure. Like I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start it. I'm gonna get you in the red zone, but you're gonna have to push that fucker in the end zone. Uh, well, what I'm worried about, honestly, is like when you die, Dolo, kind of, you know, being a power struggle there. So how are you gonna, you know, account for that? Is she, is she gonna be like the first to to take up the mantle for you, or because I assume she's outliving you? 
Yeah, I mean, well, obviously, like I'm the sacrificial lamb. <clears throat> I think that she'll she'll probably that's, get that's the ball how I've rolling. always that's how I've always thought of you. By the way, is the sacrificial. <laughs> she'll get the ball rolling. I think she'll hold a press conference and say, "I, for one, uh, welcome our new insect overlords." <laughs> and I'll be like, "All right, there you go. It's the connection. It's just the fact that someone reached across the goddamn aisle with their hand out, knowing right. that that hand can be swarmed by carnivorous." ants and i uh, I, I have a, a question for you is uh, you know it's similar to my tom cruise question mm-hmm. um but what would you do if joe biden does get elected and then like state of the union address or whatever first one or he's even just getting sworn in and then he puts his hand on the bible he gets sworn in as president <laughs> and then like his body starts deflating <laughs> ants just start crawling out of every orifice and we just find out he was just a bunch of ants the whole time <laughs> Like I think it's against the Constitution, but God damn it, those ants have foreign policy. You know, like you're hey, they were born go. on U.S. soil, as far as we know, they were 35 years or older. Uh, Dude, uh, Chinese ant is a fucking American ant. That's what I heard. So like they're they're not going to hold that accountability against these ants. Show me in the Constitution where it says they're not be a president. Yeah, uh, Ch- Chinerica becomes the new world superpower. You know, um, we unite ants and people alike. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's the world I want to live in. Like, that Joe Biden actually is just a bunch of hands. <laughs> Where's my burrito? 